Hey guys, welcome to Electronic Dance Money, your number one business resource for making money as electronic musicians and producers. Hey, hey, what is up? everyone welcome back to another brand new episode of electronic dance money i'm your host christian casito i'm super excited for uh this episode we've got the second half of the six figure home studio podcast in here last time we had chris graham now we have brian hood who's the owner new owner of easy funnels owner of six figure home studio podcast and i guess your whole i mean that's a entire education platform too you can, and also, you can call it an empire if you want. It's fine. It, it is an empire, <laughs> and including FilePass too. Which yeah, we're gonna be talking about Easy Funnels. FilePass in and of itself is a beast for audio professionals, and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this episode, Prime, is because we were talking when I was working on my Easy Funnel site. We we're talking in the chat, just shooting the shit after you were helping me out with some stuff, and I was talking about how you really have created. An empire, like an empire is the best way to explain it, where you've created this audience. You first had an audience from like your email list, and that was easy to launch a six figure home studio podcast, which if you guys don't know what it is, I've talked about a million times. So you should any new listeners. It is a fantastic. It's very similar to this podcast, but more focused on general studio owners, um, recording, mixing, mastering engineers all that fun stuff. But you create this massive audience with that podcast. And then you found, which is the entrepreneur's job, the business owner's job to find the issues that your target market has, build the products and sell them to them. And you've, I mean, even with me, the lifetime, I was talking about the lifetime value of your, your target market or your audience has, I mean, it seems to significantly increase every single year. You've gotten me with every single one of your products. I'm subscribed to every single one of them. It's it's really amazing. Well, let me let me let me stop you before the audience that you have amassed yourself thinks of me as like this big capitalist pig that's just taking everyone's money. Because <laughs> <laughs> let me let me just clarify real quick. Um, the the bright side of I mean, we're not going to get to a capitalism versus like is it bad or good, but the the good side of capitalism is kind of what you described. It is, you have a group of people that has a problem, you help them solve that problem, and you charge a fair value for what you solve. That's basically it in a nutshell. Now there's dark side, and we're not gonna get on all that crap because that's just a different, that's a different podcast, a different thing altogether. But you're, that's, in the niche, that's what it is. I, we built the Six Figure Home Studio as a blog first. Um, actually, it was a blog on my studio's website. It was like 4fx6recordings. It was actually blog.4fx6recordings.com. That was the first version of Six Figure Home Studio. And then we turned it into like a more consistent blog and then eventually uh, the podcast. And so we built this audience of audio engineers and studios and producers and you know all sorts of people in the freelance space that need help with their business, with their marketing, with their systems, with their, uh, you know, all sorts of things that comes with actually earning more and you know, doing less of the things you hate, more of the things you love, finding more of the people that, that uh, mesh well to what you do and, and, uh, and basically trying to help you build your income in the audio world, which is what you do in the electronic dance music space. So your audience should be familiar with this sort of thing. But 
you know, you look at an audience and it's, and honestly, like the audio engineering world, the studio world is not that big of a market. When you compare it to like Apple and their total market size, which is pretty much everyone, it is a tiny fraction of any given niche. It's like, it is a niche of a niche. It is so tiny that uh, you, you really can't build any massive corporation, which I don't have aspirations to anyways, but that audience has very specific problems. And that's where things like Easy Funnels came in when, you know, I used Wix for years and I always recommended it to people. And I had a whole online course that showed people how to build their site in Wix. And it was like 15 videos and it was like hours long. And it was just, just to cobble together a decent template on Wix. And I promoted that for years and it was great and it worked well for people. But there's some, there's some negatives of Wix and, and Squarespace and other, other things besides the fact of being slow. It's hard to get a good site up and running. It's not great for audio. The audio quality is bad. And so I solved this by just building my own. So yeah. if I see it, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, why don't you dive into what, what Easy Funnels is and kind of the, the story behind it. Why, I mean, you're already getting into the story behind it, but I, I can say I very, it, it made so much sense when you announced that you created Easy Funnels because I'm involved in the Profitable Producer course. I'm in the coaching calls pretty frequently and the amount of website critiques you do is unreal. I mean, I don't know how you stay sane doing the same critique over and over again, but this will all make sense if you just go ahead and explain what Easy Funnels is. Okay, so it is a website and funnel builder for the audio industry. That's the headline on the website, at least right now. That's the, in a nutshell what it is. It is Wix or Squarespace. So it's self-hosted. It's not like WordPress where you have to have a separate host and all the technical crap that comes with that. It is a self-hosted drag and drop website builder that is built for the needs of the audio industry. So all of our website templates, all of our section templates, all of our, you know, all the features and stuff we have are built with uh, audio people specifically in mind, but eventually just more so the, the creative freelancer world. Because you, you know that we're rebranding our podcast from the six-figure home studio to the six-figure creative. And we're kind of expanding out from audio to the general creative freelance world, which are very similar business problems and, and solutions. And so our, my long-term goal with the podcast, with FilePass, my other software company, and with this is to expand who we offer this to as well. And we can do that without watering it down. If you actually go to Squarespace's website and you look at their website templates, they have things like their website template categories are like magazines, fashion boutiques, um, health companies. It's so fitness. general. It's it, like, it's the so most broad. general thing of all time. So like, how am I supposed to, as an audio engineer, build a good looking website that sounds good and converts at a high conversion rate, you know, like meaning how many visitors come to my site, how many of those actually turn into leads. How am I supposed to do all this on Wix or Squarespace when they're trying to serve everyone? And, and my, my motto, which you've heard a million times from me, Christian, is if you try to speak to everyone, or if you try to serve everyone, then you speak to no one or you serve no one. That goes for you know, your EDM people, like if they try to make music for everyone in the world, they're really making music for no one. No one wants, you're not going to please everyone is all, all I'm trying to say. And so with Squarespace, they mass market. If you ever listen to podcasts, their ads are everywhere. If you ever go to websites, their pop-ups are everywhere. They're all over Facebook and YouTube. And I see their ads all the time. And it's because, and it's not just me. It's like, it's like comedy podcasts and like, you know, podcasts that are not even in the, in the they can do that because they're generalists. And there's pros and cons of that, but the cons are it doesn't serve any one niche very well. And that's where Easy Funnels is like, we're going to just serve this one small niche and the best that we can. And then eventually we'll branch out and start helping some of the other similar niches, not too different, not fitness and fashion and, and, and retail, but similar fit, like a photographer needs similar things that a studio needs and a videographer needs, you know, it's a similar business model. So that's where Easy Funnels comes in and, and we do things 
like high quality audio player where you can stream WAV files. We have things set up where you can like, just if you need to put reviews on your site from your clients or testimonials, just put a little widget down there and all your testimonials are there. It's like, if you need a, a form, a quote request form, it's pre-built for you. So you don't have to do all that. All these things are done just to make it as simple as possible. So ideally in like my website, the website that I have for my studio right now is a template on there. Ideally, you open it, you change the words and you're, and you put your music on there and you're done. That's what my goal was. It's so simple. Well, and for, I mean, it was what weeks, maybe even months. You were like, Christian, move to easy funnels. You can build your site on easy. Fun- your website speed sucks. I was like, I don't want to do it. It's so much work, blah, blah, blah. And I was so skeptical. I was like, I don't think I can actually rebuild everything on there. And I damn near duplicated it to the T. Like, there's very small things that I couldn't do that I did some workarounds and it still works. But I mean, I, it was so worth it to me. I was on WordPress for most, if people don't know, I was using WordPress and I was using, what was it? I think it was Divi as a theme builder. And man, there was nothing more that I dreaded than having to edit my website on WordPress. It is the worst. I mean, the amount of meltdowns I've had just on my desk, like slamming my fist on my desk because I'm so damn frustrated. I've been working on my website for one small little thing for four hours and it just everything gets fucked up and I just I melt down. And so moving to Easy Funnels was like, this is incredible. I mean, I made my entire homepage within three or four hours, I think it was. I mean, it was very quickly that I was able to move that. The biggest thing was like moving my entire blog over. That was, that's the pain in the ass. But everything else, it was so nice, so streamlined, so easy. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the name behind it. So we actually, the funny story was we, we got our name from our Facebook community. So I just, mm-hmm. I asked people what they thought it should be called. We got a bunch of names, we voted on it. And, and it wasn't the one I picked either. It was like, I thought it was going to go, we were going to go with something else, but the community loved it. And I was like, that's fine. And then we named it that way. So it was fun to kind of collaborate with the community to name it. But uh, to go back with WordPress, I have uh, two WordPress sites, Six Figure Home Studio and Six Figure Creative are both on WordPress right now. And there's power in WordPress. There's things that you can't do with easy funnels that you can do on WordPress. Like we're not trying to be WordPress, but with great power comes great negativity (laughs) is what I'll say (laughs) on WordPress, which is... because of the power of adding custom plugins from all these developers that solve all these unique, awesome problems that you, you just can't do on a self-contained platform like Squarespace or Wix or, or even easy funnels because of the power of all these plugins, you have compatibility issues. You have slow loading speed issues. You have, it's, it's really, it's a cobbled together solution. And so what, what our goal with was easy funnels was, was to, to make something that has some of the powerful features of WordPress, like being able to add custom code, custom CSS, being able to actually access your site headers and, and body copy so you, or body code so you can actually put you know, uh, embedded widgets on like your live chat or your Facebook pixel or your Google Analytics code or all these things that you know, Wix has like ways to do some of those things, but most things you can't access your site headers in Wix. I don't think you can in Squarespace. And so we wanted to make it to where you had some of the powers of custom site building and, and WordPress without all of the incompatibility and headaches and slow loading speeds. How, is your, is your website faster now that you moved to easy funnels way faster? Cause it that was means, like physically took like eight seconds for your site to load, which is an eternity in website load yeah, speeds. It is so significantly faster. And actually after I did, I've done so much damn research on website optimization speeds and all that yeah. stuff. And I think the biggest thing that I found, believe it or not, is like, Google Analytics, Facebook Pixel, um, and like Hotjar codes up in your headers, 
destroys WordPress. Com- I mean, just completely bogs the entire thing down. Because I've optimized, I optimized my WordPress site from head to toe. Um, and the only time I saw any significantly better page speeds is when I removed all that shit from the header and the body, all those uh, snippet codes, and immediately it was much faster. Which is not the case with e- with Easy Funnels. I put it in the header and. It's- same speeds. Nothing so basically get, get slowed. Yep, down. you can leave all that code in. Which, for those who don't know, Hotjar is this cool tool that sounds kind of creepy, but it's not because it's anonymous. But it it records the session of someone on your site so they can see what they do. And the reason that's powerful is because if people aren't playing your portfolio, or they're encountering an error, or things look weird, or if things are people are not using your site the way that you think they are, you can make adjustments. And, uh, you know, I, I use this for six figure M studio and, and realize there's like a lot of things that I could do to optimize that page. Uh, I haven't done it on easy funnels, actual website yet. Cause I haven't got to the optimization sp- stage of that business yet, right. but it's, it's really powerful. And so you added the code on WordPress. It slows your site down so much that it, you, you can't really run it all the time because it's going to slow your website down. But now with easy funnels, you can add it, your site's still fast. And so that's good. So there's, there's, that's, that's the point is like being able to integrate things like that without it slowing your website speed down because it was likely interfering with some other plugin you had that was hurting your load speeds. Yeah. It might've been Divi, the, the page builder you use was, that was conflicting with it. It's very possible. I, I, I'm just glad that's over with, over and done with. Um, cause easy funnels has just, it's, it, it's made everything so much easier. The funnel system in that too is fantastic, which We'll get into, I think, in a, a little bit later in the episode, but this whole episode is pretty much going to be focused around websites in general. Now, I've done an episode on websites in the past. Um, it, it was a much earlier episode. Uh, I definitely didn't know as much as I know now, uh, and I didn't have a, an expert to come on and talk about websites, and so I'm excited to have you here because there's no... Probably no one else better to have than an actual someone who who's designed a website builder platform. Uh, so let's get into the point of a website. I mean, what what's the point of it? Why why even have a website, especially as an artist or a musician, which I've been shouting from the goddamn mountaintop that all musicians should have a website. Most don't. Most think they don't, but they should all the time. Every if you're again. Like I've said so many damn times, we're all running businesses here. Whether or not you like it, whether or not you want to accept it, if you're an artist, you're running a business. You want to be, make this a full-time career, it's going to turn into a business. So why? what's the best way you can explain why you should have a website and what the point of a website is? I love this question because this is a video I'm about to make for uh, a challenge we're creating for Easy Funnels right now. Um, but I, I look at it like this. In no other medium do you have direct control over the journey someone has when they come to your site. On Facebook, if you have a business Facebook page or something like that, it is an awful experience for people. No one even, I don't, do you even visit business Facebook pages or anything like that anymore? Like, I I can't remember the last time I went to one for anything. Uh, I usually go there to find a link to a website. That's how I work the business Facebook page. Uh, Instagram, again, Instagram is fine for uh, its purpose, but it's not a good place for people to come to your site and turn from a visitor, a browser uh, into a client of yours or a fan of yours. If you're a musician, there's no specific journey for that. What Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and uh, Snapchat and all these other Twitter, all these other platforms, the way they're built. And I don't know about 
Snapchat. I don't use it. So I think strike that one from the pretty list. Pretty much dead. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sure. Maybe. Uh, anyways, th- these other sites, they are built by investors who have poured in millions and millions or tens or hundreds of millions in some case of dollars of investor dollars into development with these sol- and, and, and consulted with people who run casinos and slot machines to systematically keep you on the site as long as possible so that you see as many ads as you possibly can. That is the number one goal of every social media site that does ads. I don't know if TikTok does ads yet, but, yet, but they will. But they, do, they still want you on the site because I've seen people who just mindlessly thumb through. I don't have a TikTok, so I don't know. But they have a very good algorithm that serves up entertaining content to keep you hooked on the site. Not to introduce you to brands so that you buy their stuff, at least not yet, unless you pay for it through ads like Facebook. So the whole point of a website is it is a domain that you own. It is a site that you own and you can build the unique experience that gives them all the information they need to either hire you as a client or to dig into your music and your story as a musician that you just don't get anywhere else. So that is by far the number one reason is you control every single element of the website if you have a good builder in it to make the journey as smooth as possible and remove all friction from generally interested, kind of know about you to, okay, this is interesting. You're a cool producer, or this is really interesting. I like this band to eventually long-term fan. So that's, that's my story of why I think that's important. I think you nailed it. One well, on top of it, you just don't get the same information that you can get from a website from your insert. There are analytics but not the necessary analytics that you want to see or need to see. Like, let's say Hotjar, for instance. I mean, you have no idea how many, how long someone stares at a picture you posted on Instagram or actually read through the description that you put, and they liked it. They could have just been scrolling and saw, oh, so-and-so posted it. I'm just going to hit like and keep scrolling. Or even accidentally like it. Well, actually, here's the big thing is social media analytics focuses on what I call vanity metrics. Yeah. Those are metrics that look good. They feel good. They make you feel warm and fuzzy. So you keep posting, which actually just feeds into the machine of the, of the social media uh, conglomerates. But on, with Google analytics, yes, there are vanity metrics, the things that make you feel good. But what matters are the actual analytics, what I call KPIs, key performance indicators, the things that actually push the needle in your business. And those are the things that you need to keep track of so that you know if you have a healthy business. We can go over KPIs if you want, because those are things I think everyone should know. So KPIs are going to be different depending on what your business are. But these are the things that you need to track long-term. And I'll give you, I'm in the studio world, the audio world. I don't know what the EDM producers should be tracking on their website as far as KPIs. You can maybe translate this for them. But in my world, the audio world, KPIs are generally... um, I focus more on conversion rates than I care about overall numbers. Yes, you want to know how many website visitors you have, but you need to know how how well your website converts from top to bottom. Meaning someone comes to your page, they take an action of some sort, maybe play your portfolio, uh, maybe they open up your contact form or whatever, and then they ultimately submit maybe a quote request form or a contact form, and then maybe they book a call with you, and then maybe they buy from you. They, they hire you for your audio services. That's kind of like the steps involved with a lot of these things. And so I want to know what's my conversion rate from landing page visitor to filling out my contact form. That's one of the big, the big things is like, what's my landing page conversion rate to lead? It's called lead capture. So I'm getting a lead on my website. A lead is just someone that could maybe hire me one day. So what's the conversion rate? If I have a thousand people that come to my page, how many of those people actually fill out my quote request form? That's my conversion rate. So if a hundred people fill out my form, that's a 10% conversion rate. We're not going to get super, super deep in the numbers because they don't really matter. These are just examples. So a hundred people fill out my quote request form. They, they're interested in working with me. They're maybe asking for rates or whatever. And 
Now I need to know what percentage of those people ultimately hire me. So what's my quote request to paid project conversion rate? That's another KPI. So maybe 25 of those hire me. And so that's a 25% conversion rate. So now of those 25, how much am I earning per project on average? Because now I, now I can start to factor things in. Like when I know all these numbers, I can, I can tell you like, based on the quotes I get today, how much I'm going to make tomorrow or next, next month or next six months, because I have a good indication of, of all of these key performance indicators and social media does not really give you many of those at all. Um, you can kind of couple together some like amount of messages you get. And sometimes those turn into customers, but, um, I want to touch on one other thing similar to this, that people always give me a pushback on when they, they say, I get all my, so, all my customers through word of mouth. I get all my customers through social media. You don't know their full journey. Cause here's another thing is when people hear about you as a producer, hear about you as a music, as a, as a musician, whatever it is that you do, likely what they do is they, they, they look you up somewhere. A lot of times it's on Google. Like a lot of people are Googlers. So people are straight to social media and they look for you up on social media, but eventually people usually find their way to your website they listen to your work on social media. They look at all the words you have on your page, your copy on your website. They determine whether or not you're a good fit for what they're looking for. And then they may reach out to you on social media when maybe where they originally found you, but they analyzed you and they want you were they were won over on your website. And then they message you on social media, but you never knew they even went to your website. To, to you, it was just a visitor. So you don't even know that that website was what got them hooked for you as a producer or, uh, or you as a fan, as a, if you're doing music yourself. So that's why, again, another reason why I push back on only having social media sites. So this that's is kind a, of the that's a really good point. I, that's something I've never actually really thought about, but yeah, the website could 100% sell you and someone actually, I, I think I've had that happen before more so with like podcast listeners. Um, but the thing about having a website too that you don't get the luxury of with social media is the control of the messaging. And like you said, the control of the journey. Um, you you don't I mean, you have control over your messaging on Instagram and whatnot, but it's mostly photos. So like unless you're really calculated in how you can design your Instagram homepage or whatever your profile page with proper messaging just through imagers images, which I have no idea how you would even do. And if that would be worth your time over literally creating one page website with controlled messaging in terms of and in terms of like KPI for if we're talking about the, because I do I know I do have a lot quite a few listeners who I think are you know part of this podcast is about teaching EDM producers to pursue pursue other business um, uh journeys i guess does it you know becoming a mixing and mastering engineer because you can't really just be an edm producer write music be a dj that's what everyone wants that listens to this but it's very hard to get that without any supplemental income so more than likely there's a good chunk of this audience that does have some sort of business that they're either thinking about starting or have already started so this completely applies to them in terms of the kpi stuff that you're talking about but for just the edm producer who just wants to be a producer i mean the number one thing that you should be focusing on is collecting an email because there's no better access that you have than an audience that you own through an email. You don't own your audience on social media. You don't own those followers. There's no guarantee you're going to get in front of those followers. Even if you pay, even if you run ads, especially with the new iOS 14 update, which has completely turned Facebook advertising upside down. I mean, I've been running around like a chicken with its head cut off for the past two weeks, figuring out what the fuck is going on because 
that's such a pri like a, a big part of my business. Um, and even for artists, I mean, I, that's something I've been promoting with artists. You should be touching in the ad space to promote music, especially if you're wanting to tour in a specific city. It's a perfect way to start building an audience there. But going back to just the website stuff, that's what you should be. Tra you can very simply track, OK, your journey should be eventually collecting the email on the on your website. Or, I mean, you can send people to Spotify. The issue there is that is no longer in your control, that journey. You, you don't have any control as to did this person acts person actually listen to my song for more than 20 seconds. So I get a stream. And also you can't track those. That's the main issue with Spotify. Again, right uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, all these other like audio hosting sites. Their main goal, again, is to keep you in there as long as possible. So what, what happens when they open Spotify is, yeah, they're opening, like, I see people that put direct links to playlists on their website, even, thinking that's a good idea. And it's, I mean, it's, it's fine, but the, the issue is they open up Spotify, they're playing your song, and all of a sudden they see the new release by Ariana Grande that they want to listen to now. And so they're going to play that instead of your track or the next track in your playlist. So again... When, you, when people leave your world, which is only, the only world most people have is their website, when they leave your world, you lose control over what they do. And that is the negative of relying on Spotify or SoundCloud uh, as, as audio hosting or uh, relying on social media for turning leads into customers. Now, I want to actually talk about something really important because I, I don't want to sound like I'm super negative on social media. Now, I personally don't do much on social media. I've built multiple six-figure businesses without an ounce of social media, because I don't really, other than a Facebook group, a Facebook group's the only thing that we've really used as a business uh, tool for social media. But if you understand funnels, you understand the power of social media because there are different steps where at different, at different stages of the customer journey, uh, this is the, the word I'll use here, you can, you can think of a customer as a listener, a fan, a client, whatever you want that word to be. But the customer stages are going to be require different needs to move them to the next stage. So you want me to talk about that for a second? Cause I yes. feel like that's a really good point for this. So think about, and this is where the word funnels kind of comes in because I like to think of it as a funnel, but you have different stages in this funnel. And if you think about it, like, uh, you ever, if you ever, uh, had beer funnels or whatever, what is the, what is the, <laughs> a beer bong? Yeah. Beer bongs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> think of it like a, a big old beer bong. This is probably um, the appropriate audience to use sure. that as an analogy. <laughs> sure. Coming, coming from the straight edge guy who's never drank in his life, but whatever. <laughs> so you've got a beer bong and at the very top of the beer bong, uh, if, if there's no liquid being poured in, it's dry. That's your pipe. That's your pipeline for new fans, new customers, whatever you want it to be. So in order to start getting customers, you have to generate awareness for what it is that you do. We all know this, this is common sense, but that's the very top of the funnel is getting awareness poured into your funnel. Now, Next step is turning that awareness into interest. If you don't have any interest in what it is that you do, then that is essentially like them pouring into the funnel and then it leaking out of that funnel before it gets to your uh, very parched mouth trying to get drunk. So I'm going to keep using the stupid beer bong analogy, but I you get the it. point. If your funnel is bad or leaks, like meaning, uh, let's, just, let's just use this uh, Facebook ads for an example, because I, I feel like a lot of people have tried Facebook ads. They boost a post or whatever, or they boost a post on Instagram or whatever. And that's like their idea of testing out ads. And so they, they run an ad. It's not optimized. It's not a good ad. It's not a good photo, whatever, not a good video. It's, or, or their music's, it's whatever it is. It's bad. They spend money. It creates awareness because people see the ad. They maybe even read the ad or listen to the ad, but they don't take any action. That is a That's what we call a leaky funnel. That means you're wasting effort. And it's, it's just like pouring, I guess, a beer into a bong with a thousand mile an hour wind. It's just blowing all the beer away. And none of it's getting to your funnel. So 
I'm going to stop using that analogy now and, and go back into the actual business element here. So you have the top of the funnel that's creating awareness for what it is that you do, your music, your live tour that you're doing, interest that's getting people interested enough in order to look more into it. Maybe they'll read about the tour coming up. Maybe they'll check and see if they're playing in your city. Maybe they'll see what services you offer on your website. Maybe they'll listen to your portfolio. They're interested enough to browse through things. And if your website is great, then they'll turn into what is considered a lead, the bottom of your funnel. They'll turn into a lead. They're interested enough and they have desire now. That's the third phase is they're desired. They have desire to potentially work with you or be a fan of yours or whatever. That's the next stage in the customer journey. And then ultimately, if the desire reaches a certain point, they will, you'll get money from them in some way, shape or form, whether that is streams, which is a very small trickle of money. You need a lot of those to do that. It might be that they hire you for mixing or mastering or editing. It might be that they hire you to produce their track, whatever it is that you do. But if the desire is, is high enough, then they will hire you to do those, the things that they need, right? So that's kind of the, the, the stages here and where social media fits in really well. It's not the top of the funnel. I don't think social media is a great way to get your word out there unless uh, TikTok might be one right now because the algorithm is so strong and in favor of creators. And I've seen, I found some cool musicians on there doing some funny stuff through my wife. She's, the, she's a big tech, TikToker. I, again, I don't have an account, but uh, eventually that will change just like it did on Facebook back in 2009, 2010, you could build your business on Facebook, get tons and tons of likes, get free exposure for your business. And then they pulled the rug out from under you. And now it's only a pay to play game. That's the negative of it being relying on a platform through only organic. So TikTok will eventually go away. But I don't think, I don't think for the most part that social media plays a good part at the top of your funnel, where it plays a good part is in the middle of a friend or middle of your funnel, which is building desire, building interest and desire for what you do. So think about it this way. Um, you're, I'll use EDM, for example. You've, you just played, what's the biggest festival in EDM? Oh, probably either. Let's just go with EDC, Electronic Daisy Carnival. Okay, EDC, and you do what a lot of musicians do is like you do some, some way you get uh, them to text a number to get their, their email address to get like a free something, whatever. Um, they text a number, you get a bunch of leads from that. Uh, great. They're in your world now. Maybe you can get them on your, so to like your social media pages, whatever. They're aware that you exist now, but they don't really care about you that much. This is again, where social media can, can shine because they can start to get to know your personality, your little quirks that you have, the little things that are weird about you that make you, you, that make you interesting, that make you fun, that make you unique. And they start to know you. They start to get to know you. They start to like you. They start to trust you. And that furthermore builds them uh, into a potential customer long-term because not every, you have two types of types of customers in the world. You have tortoises and you have hares. Hares are the ones that they find you. They're like, you're perfect. Let's go. I'm hiring you right now. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to buy your album. I'm going to buy all your merch at your teeth, all this crap. These are the, the hares. There's not that many of them. They're awesome, but they're not that many of them. Most people go towards the tortoise side. I am a tortoise. I am a, a huge tortoise. And so if I'm the, the amount of time I spend analyzing and debating and researching things, especially uh, the higher the cost of the purchase that I'm making, uh, the amount of time I spend on that is absurd. Like I once spent about 40 to 50 hours researching cameras for my trip to Thailand because I wanted a good camera, which I'm actually using this $1,200 camera as a webcam now. That's how important it is to me. It's just a webcam now. It's all it is. But I spent 40 to 50 hours debating between two cameras that were ultimately the same price, the same exact damn thing, but had minute, tiny little detail. That's the, that's the plight of the tortoise. There's a negative of the tortoise. I am the tortoise. I'm trying to get a little more towards the hair, but that's the reality of the situation. So if you have a lot of tortoises in your audience or people that are aware of you, and you don't have any way to build trust long-term, 
to help answer their questions if they need to hire you for something and they're not sure, they have objections. Maybe they're not sure if this is the right type of service that I need. Maybe they're, you know, whatever, fill in the blanks, fill in the gaps here. It's, everyone's situation is different. But if you don't have a way to, to feed that tortoise what they want to know before they hire you, they're never going to hire you. And that's where social media and things like podcasts, things like YouTube channels, that's where these things can be fantastic ways to turn hair, uh, to turn tortoises that are sticking around forever into customers. Like I have people on my mailing list uh, that have been on my mailing list since I started in like 2014 that just bought from me last year. Like, like super tortoises, but eventually they did. And so I may have spent money on ads in 2015 and gotten leads that never bought anything for 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, nothing. 2020, they bought from me and now it's a profitable lead. So it takes forever sometimes, especially in the freelance world where it's like, pop, all of a sudden it's a big chunk of money. Whereas, you know, in the musician world, it's a little different. It might be if they listen to your album tons and tons of times over time. Maybe they finally donated to your, to your GoFundMe thing for your next album. Maybe they finally uh, subscribe to your Patreon, whatever that big metric you have, the big goal you have, it may take forever. And that's where, again, long-term, it's called nurturing. Long-term nurturing comes into play here. Yeah, and the, I had, um, so it, you're not a new listener and you, were listen, and you have listened to the past few episodes. We had Matthew Ebelon, who, great artist, fantastic, has one of the best websites I've ever seen for What's an EDM called? producer. Like, Show it to me. Uh, tell me. I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> uh, I think it's avianinvasion.com. I'm How do you spell sure. it? A avian or avian? Avian. A-V-I-A-N. Avian Invasion. His branding is so good. Let me make sure that is correct. Found it. Yep. Avianinvasion.com. Yeah. Yeah. It is so Whoa. well designed. Um, I think he has a Spotify player, which you'll yell at him for that. I know that. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but his um, one of one of his primary calls to action is his radio show, which is where he does a lot of that nurturing, and it is a very great call to action. He and we we dived we dove into a little bit about his website, but mostly focused on the Patreon stuff, which is you know there there are so many damn calls to action. Ooh. That was loud. Sorry. <laughs> I played There's, a song. I was like, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're all good. There's so many damn calls to action you can have as an EDM producer. I, I feel like most producers just don't know um, or they think that there isn't a great call to action that you, you've got Patreon. If you want to start Patreon, if you're doing live streaming on Twitch, that can be your your call to action. Uh, if you're just collecting emails for an email list, or if you do want to send someone to Spotify, which again, I don't think that's, I think we can both agree. That's not the best, best route to go. But in terms of your call to action and through your customer journey and your funnel, like you're talking, what you're talking about, if, if they're the beginning of their journey is them finding you, finding your website and your call to action is something like a live stream, the way Matthew does it, that is a great median of the funnel where you're warming up an audience where they're getting to know you, they're getting to know you in a more personal and intimate experience through a live stream where they're talking, they're chatting with people and that creates such a bigger, such a stronger bond. It creates super fans. And then when you have new merch come out and you say, okay, this is the bottom of funnel that I want them to reach is buy my merch. Cause that's more valuable than, the three streams they're going to give me on Spotify, which more than likely it is. But if you've nurtured that audience, if you've warmed them up, if they become a super fan through this sales funnel and in your live streams, then when you go, hey, new shirt is out, 
those people, are, I guarantee if they come to every single stream, they're buying the shirt right away. And that in and of itself is so much more valuable than just posting on Facebook, hey, I have this new track on Spotify, go check it out. Yeah, so again, it's, it's the long-term nurturing, building, uh, building the, the uh, trust that people have. So I see on his website, he has a link to Twitch. So it sounds like he does a lot of his live stream stuff on Twitch as well, which again, it's good to have a face as well and not just the voice, which voice is powerful, but face is great as well. Um, and, and so you, you actually guys have something in the, uh, in the fan business model world that we don't have in the freelance business model world. And that is what we call, they call it in the gaming world, they call it Wells. Are you familiar mm. with that term? I think I've heard of it, but I, if you want to dive into it, I don't know it yeah. very detailed. Yeah, so Wells are what basically single-handedly funds all of those like free-to-play video games on the internet. So what you see is like Fortnite, um, I forget the other ones. Fortnite's a big one because you have mobile and desktop. There's a ton of like free-to-play games on mobile. And the way it works on, in that world is it's free for the general public. And if you want some sort of little perks. Freemium. It, it's, yeah, it's freemium. It's like little, it's, it's little hits of money here and there. And some of these games... Man, there are people that spend thousands of dollars per month on these games, tens of thousands of dollars, trust fund people who just, just blow money because they don't care about it. It's just micro fun to them. Microtransactions. Yes, microtransactions. Yeah. And so in the, um, in the music world, you kind of have that same, same similar thing. If you do a lot of branding, you bought a lot of trust, you get some super fans that have some moolah, that could be a really good way is, is essentially creating things for whales. Like Lil Nas, his little shoe that he put out. He put, how many, how many, Shoes that he put, was it 666 or did he yeah, get a thousand shoes? Okay, 666 shoes. They were a thousand bucks each, right? So that's $666,000 generated, not counting any legal fees he's going to have from that. We're not going to get into that. But he'll sell those to, uh, well, it kind of loses, it breaks down the analogy a little bit because the shoe world is actually a genuine collector's thing. Like that is an actual legitimate uh, like market in the world. It's huge. It's blown up, especially in the last few years. So that's a little different. Like those shoes will forever resell for an insane amount of money. If you've got one of the original 666 pairs, like that will sell for tens of thousands of dollars in the future, most likely for shoe collectors. But take the whole shoe collection thing in general out of it. He could have sold that limited edition thing for the same price to his super fans. If there were no real desire in the shoe market for those, it would just be the fans that want this limited edition thing. So you can still take the same similar funnel approach earn lots of money from just a few fans uh, by building your brand online through things like social media. So again, I, a website is a huge part of this. Like you just mentioned with this guy's website, it's awesome. It's a little slow. I checked the website speed on it, but it's still a really cool site. So it kind of makes up for it. Uh, but, you know, it, but if you set your site up right and you send them down to nurture them into to areas that you, preferably you own. So if he has a social media or if he has a mailing list, hopefully he's He's capturing leads on there and then pushing, then pushing them to Twitch, then pushing them to all these other areas like Patreon. He can maybe sell limited edition merch, do sorts of things that uh, have, you know, his Patreon maybe has high tier things that only like five or six people pick, but it's like a thousand dollars a month per thing. You know, they get some sort of intimate meetup, meet and greet or whatever. There's ways to monetize that world that takes these same exact fundamental things that I teach at Six Figure Home Studio the same exact stuff that Easy Funnels is built for and allows you to do it in the music world because you have those things called whales. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, there are so many different facets that 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 most musicians in general should be focusing on with monetizing whereas there so many artists are wrapped up in this idea of I need streams, 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 streams. I need people on Spotify, Spotify. And and it's almost like they've like Spotify has put this out there and it's almost like they've hypnotized artists into thinking focus all on Spotify and 
they're just pushing the entire audience there when there's so many different facets that musicians should be focusing on on and where they can actually monetize i know so avian invasion matthew he also does he does the chris greenwood smart music smart 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 music yeah, business. Yeah. yeah yeah i know chris or is it music business a smart way something like that yeah <laughs> his his uh his method of gofundme of of doing crowdfunding for albums i know that uh matthew does that as well and it's such a we we briefly got into it but that alone is a major market that artists aren't focusing on it's a much easier way to start going full-time actually making money from your music rather than waiting for a spotify cut and let's be real here when the record label takes their cut most of the contracts even in there say you're not going to see a penny until you make ten thousand dollars on this so you're not even ever going to see a check from spotify yeah that's so i have musician friends and i see on social media you'll see some big musician who's like i had a 10 million streams on spotify and here's my seven dollar check and then i'm like it's it's because your your deal was trash with their label it wasn't because spotify yeah. royalties like i i, I know that what is it it's like about a million streams is about four to five thousand dollars like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. something like that so that's the that's the money we look at so if you listen to popular belief and it's like i need to get streams 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 right so if i want to make four thousand dollars a month which is like a livable income for a lot of people in most in you know non-major cities then i need to get a million streams a month right that's very hard to do, especially in a niche market, right? So let's look at Avion, uh, Avion, what is it called? Avion Invasion for Avion Invasion, for example. They have 4,000 monthly listeners. They have 50,000 uh, streams on their most popular track. Overall, they likely don't even have a million streams total. That means they have not made a million or they haven't made, have, haven't made four grand on their entire Spotify portfolio, unless you just have tons of tracks they don't know about. But anyways, this is a, a point to be made. So just call it a thousand bucks he's made off Spotify in his career. That is not livable in any way, shape or form. However, if you look at his Patreon page, he has, uh, he has Patreon packages up to $50 per month. He has 89 Patreons. I don't, again, I don't know what he's, what, how that spread is from his lowest to his highest plan. And honestly, I would probably have a higher plan than that for the, what I call the whales. But you know, if he has just call an average of 20 bucks a person, that is, almost $2,000 a month in Patreon royalties from that. Just Patreon. Just Patreon. And I, I know he's full-time with music too. There. He's been full-time for like 10 years. And he so he's monetized. Yeah, so what I'm saying is you don't have to focus on tons and tons and tons and tons of streams. There are smarter ways to monetize uh, what you do. And so that's where it's, it's fun to do things like merch stores. He, I'm sure he sells a lot of merch doing what he does, especially if he's on live with Twitch. Um, you know, but again, I'm not the musician type, so I'm not the person to go. I mean, Chris Greenwood's probably more knowledgeable in the ways, the different ways to monetize your music world. But I see the potential in this. And Easy Funnels, while not built specifically for EDM producers or anyone in in your world specifically, you can absolutely use it because we have a merch store. We have a way to do a merch store. It's we we you can create basically what is an e-commerce store on Easy Funnels um, and sell merch just like your friend avian invasion is doing and likely crushing it from, but it, it's not like you just put it. It's just like in the audio world, if you build it, they will not come. If you build your studio, you put a million dollars into it. You have incredible facilities. That doesn't mean people are going to come hire you. So if you, if you're the same way, you 
put your music out into the world. You spend all this time, effort, energy, money, going to a nice studio with a big name producer. People are not all of a sudden going to start listening to your music and paying you. It takes time to build the brand. It takes time to build the trust. It takes time to build the credibility. Sometimes it takes time to build the connections. It takes time to build your website. It takes time to find the ways you're going to monetize it and getting your merch designs. It takes time to get your Patreon packages set up and delivering those benefits from the Patreon. There is no quick way to make money on this earth that I'm aware of that's legal and ethical. So all of these things, whether it's freelance, whether it's software, which is a lot of stuff I've been getting into, whether it's real estate, which I also do, whether it's a musician, being a musician, whether it's being an EDM producer, whatever, whatever niche you're trying to do, business model you're trying to do, whatever it is, it's going to take work and it's going to take time. So as long as you're patiently building these things with the long-term, uh, with the long-term end game in mind, it can be done but just make sure you're doing it smart and not doing it the hard way with anything. I think you talked to Chris about, no, that was Maslow's. Never mind. You didn't talk about the, uh, the Pareto's principle with Chris on the episode. No, no, we didn't. So the Pareto's principle is, is called the 80, 20 principle. It is that 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. And if you flip that, that means that 80% of your efforts, all the time, effort, energy, promotion, all the sweat and blood that you've done, 80% of that was essentially wasted and only got you about 20% of your results. So if you can find those 20% of things that really push the needle in your business, that's the key to at least speeding up the growth of what it is that you're doing. And, and again, that's the stuff that it's easier said than done. I'll say that right now. It's way easier said than done. But every now and again, if you can just stop and say, okay, look at anything that I've considered success in my life, what did that come from? And how can I do more of that? Anything that's caused frustration in my life, what caused that? And how can I do less of those things? And just doing that every now and again, will do a lot for you, you, your life, your business, your happiness, your health, your relationships in all things, not just business. Yeah. That's I'm currently going through that right now. I've been like the past three or four months, I've just been analyzing everything and kind of cutting the fat, you know, cutting the fat out, figuring out what do I need to work on? What do I need to focus and slowing down to, you know, it's uh, so many people are in a rush to get what they want when in reality, the the most important thing is to slow down. You know, what are you doing? Because you need to make sure you understand you know, some of the changes you may be making in your business, or especially when it comes to like website stuff. And we, we'll get into split testing uh, in just a, just a minute here. Eventually. Uh, which is kind of, kind of the, what I'm talking about here. Let's talk about the fundamentals of a good website. Because we've talked a lot about how a website's useful, how it works, why you want it. And the, you know, what you can actually control in that and the funnels that are associated with that. But probably just as important, I would say it's probably 50-50 on you need to have a website just to have proper funnels set up. But then the other half of that is, okay, well, you need a good website because you can't just throw anything up. Uh, What are the things that you found to be like the most important things in terms of having a good website, a decent website set up? Yeah. So there's a, there, this answer can vary depending on what your, what your niche is and what it is that you are going to be doing Probably goals too. Yeah. What your goals are like if you're, but I'll give you some, some just general guidelines. So the, the big thing that I try to make sure people understand is not trying to, to reinvent the internet with this. I looked at the Avion, the Avion guy, his site is cool, but he's doing, a, he's doing some stuff that I wouldn't necessarily recommend for a high converting website. So there's something, you've heard me talk about this, Christian. I call it the template of the internet. It's the template that most companies use, most websites use. 
in any legitimate business. And if you just look at sites like Squarespace or Wix, these are website builders. This gives you a pretty good idea of what the website of the, what the template of the internet is. Every website, and you can go to software companies, you can go to freelancers, you can go to uh, website builders like WordPress, Squarespace, uh, Webflow, EasyFunnels is one that you can go to and check that out, obviously, easyfunnels.io. And just look at the website layout. It is usually three to four things. It is headline in big text, subheadline, which is like smaller text under the big headline. It's a big button that is a call to action telling them what to do next. So fill out our form or listen to our music or buy our merch or whatever. And sometimes a secondary call to action, which is like a backup. If you don't want to listen to our music or if you don't want to buy our merch, then click this button to listen to our music. Or if you don't want to, uh, to get a quote request from us, click this button here to hear you know, my portfolio, something like that, something like a lesser call to action. And a lot of websites follow this template. And the reason people do this is because the more brain power someone is required to use when they come to your website, the lower your conversion rate will be. So if I make people have to go through some crazy intense adventure to get to my contact form and ultimately hire me, I'm losing customers. It may be super creative and really cool like the avian adventures or uh, invasion guy, maybe really cool and really adventurous. But if it's too difficult to use as a website to reach what goals I have, which are maybe hiring me, maybe buying my merch, maybe listening to my music, maybe signing up for my Patreon, whatever my goal is or goals, you can have multiple goals. If, if it's not that simple, and I have to use brain power to use it, then I'm losing potential customers. So the website, the template of the internet is what I've just, just for fun, been calling it is it's just like, okay, you, you play video games, Christian. Oh yeah. Okay. So if you play a first person shooter on console, the keys are the same. The buttons are the same on every, pretty much every damn game with a few exceptions. You know that the left joystick pushing that in, you're going to sprint. You know, if you push the right joystick in, you're going to do a melee attack. If you push the right trigger down with your right finger, it's going to shoot. If you push the left trigger down with your left finger, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, aim down the sights, usually something similar to that. And, you know, there'll be some variations from game to game, but generally it's not going to, and then if you move the right joystick, it's going gonna, it's gonna to aim and left joystick to strafe around, right? Those are, that's basically the template of first person shooter video games. And so the reason every video game does that is because the last thing you want to do is have to retrain somebody how to do a basic thing in first person shooters. Can you imagine if every game was different? Like you moved, you looked around with the left stick and then you move with the right stick and then you play the next game, you know, the next month and it's backwards and how, how much that would screw you over. Um, it's bad enough that sometimes it's inverted. Like you might have inverted stick on, you know, but this is getting into nerdy video game world, but it's the same on, on desktop. It's like you move around with the, you move around with the AW, USD keys and you see you, you, you move around with a WSD keys and then you look around with your mouse and, and you shoot with the left mouse click and you aim down side to the right mouse click. That's how most sites are most. And, and so it's the same thing. It's, you're not trying to retrain people how to use basic stuff. You know, that certain key is going to do a crouch, you know? So with the website, it's the same damn thing. People know that the menu is going to be at the top. There's generally a big button at the top right that's your main call to action. Sign up for my thing. Buy my thing. They know that the headline and the subheadline is going to kind of explain what you do and who you do it for or what your mission statement is or whatever kind of thing you want to put up there. And they know there's going to be a button to take the next step with you. And so if you just follow those things, you're like 95% of the way there. Yeah. It's when you get away from like this basic website template stuff that things start falling apart. And, and yeah, so that's, that's the big thing I have to, pound into people's heads. They do some really weird stuff. Like I saw somebody on easy fun. And now that I have a website builder, I see even more crazy stuff, but somebody had <laughs> four buttons above the fold in their hero section, which is the top of the oh, site. And none of God. them, none of them linked to anything. 
they were just using those buttons to show what services they offered and the buttons didn't do anything. And I was like, do you, oh dear, no. I had to help them out and I, I made up a contact form and, and opened the contact form and they clicked the buttons, at least so something happens. Because one button would say mixing, one button would say mastering, one button would say music production. You know, it was like, oh but God. But they didn't even do it, dude. Yeah. And so, I wish I could pull, I wish I could find, I'll have to see if I can find images. There's gotta be images from when I did the profile producer course of doing before and afters of my website. You probably have them but saved away in our Dropbox somewhere if you submitted dude, your photos. Oh, my original website was horrible. Holy shit. I mean, it was incredibly bad. I think I had YouTube videos as my portfolio player. <sighs> and Which is like, the worst audio on the internet. <laughs> I had no, I had no like headline, subheadline, call that. It was, dude, I don't even, I barely remember what it looks like. I'm going to have to see if I can find s- some before and afters. My website now is incredibly more, I mean, it, it looks so much better. It's much more natural. It makes so much more sense. The whole vibe of it is much different as well. Uh, But currently what I'm going through, which I've been horribly obsessed with to the point of uh, just it's it's a terrible obsession now, uh, which is something that I think a lot of people should focus on a lot more, which is conversion rate optimization. I've been so damn obsessed with it. So if people don't know what conversion rate optimization is, we've talked about converting people when you get them through your sales funnel. Ultimately, you're wanting them to convert through something, whether they're converting with signing up to an email list or signing up to Patreon. We've already talked about this. Mm-hmm. So what conversion rate optimization is, which I can't remember who was it that coined the term. They coined the term like it was some company that coined the term like 10 years HubSpot, ago. I was le- probably what's that? <laughs> probably HubSpot. They usually are the ones it, that coin these sorts of things. But uh, the whole point of conversion rate optimization is essentially split testing. Now, what split testing is, is you have version A of let's take your website, for instance, and Easy Funnels does this through their funnel system, which is fucking amazing. Um, but you have version A of your website, which may have, you know, let's say you have your headline, subheadline call to action. Well, then you would go in and split test that with a version B, and maybe you change your headline a little bit. You change either the font or the actual words that you're using, or maybe you put a secondary call to action in addition to your normal call to action. And so you're essentially split testing those two versions to see which one converts more. And so you're optimizing your conversion rate. So you'll know realistically, okay, this version is actually doing what I want to do. The worst thing you could do, you could possibly do is throw a website up and say, all right, I'm done. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. That, it's I mean, even if you have the template of the Internet down again, like Brian said, you're 95 percent there, you're 90 percent there. But there's an additional percentage that you need to follow, which is conversion rate optimization. You have no idea you could be losing out on so many more leads and so many more conversions if you had just tweaked your headline a little bit. But you never would have known that if you didn't go in and split test this. And Easy Funnels has such a good system set up for split testing with their funnels. Yeah, so basically, uh, and you kind of explained it really well, so I'm not going to really talk about this much more, but when you finally make the website of your dreams, like if I were, if I had Avian uh, Invasion's website, I still got it up because it's just cool. It's got a lot of cool moving stuff, so go check it out if you haven't already. But if I were to work with him on this, I would say, all right, take your website that you have it as it right now. It sounds cool, looks cool. And then I would duplicate it and I would change certain things around. I would have your big logo that you have taken up half the screen and make it smaller. I would make the words a little larger and I would just put a big button 
take some sort of next step, either listening to our music or buy our merch, something like that. And I would see if you sell more merch by version B, because you have a big button that says buy our merch and it's above the fold and people don't have to scroll down for it. It's just, it's clear and obvious what step you want them to take. And so more people are going to take that step. It sounds weird, but you have to tell people what to do on your site. It's, and, and it's called the bystander effect. So if you are, um, if you're just say you're being mugged for some reason, like you're in New York city, you're being mugged and you just cry for help. A lot of times, actually, let me better a less, a less dire situation here. Cause that just seems way too violent. <laughs> Let's just say, uh, you're with some, you see someone having a heart attack on the street and even people can be crowded around watching this happen. And you are saying like somebody call the police. People won't call the police because they assume everyone else has. You have to point at someone and say, you call the police. You uh, come help me do CPR or whatever. I don't know if you give CPR of someone with a heart attack. Don't, I, I, don't ever do that because I don't not know. Medical yeah, advice. Not we medical advice. Not doctors. But you have to point specifically to a human being and tell them to do it. And people have similar types of things. When they come to your website, a lot of times their brain is turned off, which is great if you have the website of the internet, they know how things work. It's not so good if you don't have a call to action telling them what to do. So that's another like big thing you need to have on your website. But you kind of touched on this that's really important that doesn't get talked about much is I can tell you what sections you need on your website and what parts you need on your website. Like for audio world, you need to tell what services you offer and what you need to have a section for your portfolio to show what work you do. Maybe an about section that explains you and your story and how you're going to ultimately help your customer get what they want. Um, maybe testimonials, maybe a before and after examples like case studies or whatever. I'm not going to get into these specifics here because it's going to be different for everyone, especially in, in the producer world. But the thing that people don't ever talk about and the thing that matters more than anything is copywriting. Like, honestly, beautiful websites, web design is overrated. People spend a lot of money and time. Like this dude's website was probably not cheap or easy to make because it looks good. Maybe he made it himself, maybe he didn't. I don't know, but it's, it's really well done. Good photography and everything. But a pretty site does not turn, into a, turn a, a visitor to a customer. It's good copywriting, at least in the freelance space. This may be different for the musician world and there's a lot of branding elements. I don't fully understand that world because I'm not a musician really anymore. I used to be. But, uh, but I will say copywriting is what turns visitors to customers. So think about this. I, want, I, like, I use this example in our uh, Easy Funnels uh, website challenge that depending on when this episode comes out, may or may not be ready yet. I don't know. We'll talk about it in a second. But uh, <laughs> the example I used is if you are on Tinder, I love using Tinder or Bumble. Is that what people use still? I don't know. Because my girl, Marty and I met on Bumble. Yeah, I, mean, so. I met my wife on Tinder, but it was like years yeah. and years ago. But anyways. Yeah, it was like four years ago. Yeah. So anyways, let's talk about this. You're on Tinder. You are beautiful. You, everyone swipes you right because you're just so beautiful, right? But beneath the surface, they go to your profile. It's just this drum, jumbled mess of just gibberish and ramblings and run on sentences and capital letters everywhere that shouldn't be there. And, and so people are like, what the, f what is this? What and, a great analogy. Yeah. And then they just back out. So you may get, yeah. you may get interest. I'm sorry. You may get awareness and people may swipe you and maybe have a little interest because you're attractive, right? You have your pretty website, right? This is what I'm kind of getting at here. But when they dig beneath the surface, it's a train wreck and they're not interested in any way, <laughs> shape or form. So you get no messages. No one will reply to your messages. You get no dates and ultimately you get no relationships. Think about your website as that. It's like you can honestly get by with a decent looking website if you have clever uh, copywriting on your site. Just like you can be a decent looking human and have like a good personality on your writing on, on Tinder or, or 
Bumble or whatever other apps are out there. And you'll get more people to have conversations with you and ultimately probably get more dates out of it and more relationships. Yeah. So, or a long-term relationship. So that's, that's where I like to, to, to use these analogies because copywriting ultimately matters. If, if the substance isn't there, then it's not going to turn into customers. So part of the substance in the audio engineering community is our portfolio. That's a huge part of our substance. But if we don't get the words right, so that the person that comes to your site and is, and is not understanding that you are the right fit for them, if you're not convincing them that you are right for them, then they're not going to even listen to your portfolio in the first place. So copywriting absolutely matters and you need to take time and effort writing good headlines that explain who you, what, what you do and who you do it for. Subheadlines talking about what it is that they actually get uh, the, the outcome that you provide. A call to action to get them to take the next step with you. A secondary call to action to maybe listen to your music or your portfolio. Like all these things speaking to ultimately what they want, which is a great sounding mix or a great sounding recording or whatever. Like these things are really important in the freelance space as far as turning a visitor into a customer. So copywriting is the area that I've put a lot of effort into. And honestly, I don't put a whole lot into conversion rate optimization. I do. I still do it. But all my effort and energy goes into good copywriting, which I already know your site has good copywriting on it. So I'm speaking to I'm the audience, not you. Yeah, well, I'm trying to actually work on copywriting right now. I'm starting to pick up some books on like marketing psychology and like writing general writing stuff. Um, but one of the best examples I can point to this, which this might not be a maybe not might not be a great example. But have you been to Kanye West's website before? <laughs> no, but I'm doing it right now. Go to his website. Now it's Kanye West. He's fucking huge he's one of the arguably yeah. the biggest he's producer a, he's ever a, he's like a household name at this point yeah yeah so he doesn't need to he doesn't necessarily need to have the best website in the world but if you go to his website wow. i would argue it's trash wow it is literally just images it's like it images looks like a, and some videos it looks like a geo geo city site from like 2001 it is it, it's like all his call to actions to like play stuff you'll look at these things and be like, Oh, it's an image. You click on it and it will play, but there's no, there's not a play button telling you to play it. The only call to action is like a tap to play text. That's hard to read under some of these videos or images. So uh, like that is arguably a terrible way to design a website. I don't know. You go to his website and you have no idea what he's trying to sell you. Yeah, you so have no idea what he's trying to. That's a good example of the, first of all, the design is not good. So that, that actually is like you're ugly and your website is gibberish. So that the only way he gets away with, I mean, here's the deal with that. He likely gets a lot of website traffic because it's Kanye fucking West, but also, uh, people already know some people like, and some people trust him. So he probably still gets sales or whatever it is he's selling or what getting people to do. However, I, I would put a million dollars up on this bet, on this wager, if they would take it, that I could rebuild this site in easy funnels and I could double whatever conversion rate he gets, double, double the amount of views on things, double the amount of sales on things than they're currently getting right now just by adding copy to the site and making sure it's clear and obvious what it is they're doing. I could double whatever the effectiveness of that site overnight. I could do it in one night, as bad as that site is. There you go, Kanye West. You've been called out. Brian Hood has yeah. called you out. <laughs> yeah, no-name guy from Nashville is calling Kanye West out for his bad website. But, uh, but I mean, going into this, it's uh, copy is very, very important, and split testing that copy is very important as well, which I've... Okay, so I've heard... From I think it's from you and Chris on the Six Figure Home Studio podcast talking about 
conversion rate optimization and split testing stuff and like doing. So here's what I here's where I push back on some of the things I've heard you guys say. You've talked about, oh, well, you know, change a button color and change font stuff. No, I haven't. Am I not for me? I don't ever I don't ever tell people to change button color. Like if I do split tests, I'm usually completely redesigning the page. I want to taste okay. test big things on my side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't maybe don't quote on <laughs> quote me on this, but um Chris I thought I might have heard something like that. Like, oh, you want to split test everything. Maybe I maybe I took that the wrong way. No, because here's I, the thing. The more things you split test, like every little thing, like a button color, it's so it's so minor it's gonna be it's too small it's too small so what will happen is maybe a one color like a red versus a green is a difference but it will take millions of website views to find a statistical significant difference in which one is better we don't have as as freelancers and most musicians we don't have millions of website views to do that it's wasted anyways you could do a hundred other tests that are going to get you much better results in that time frame whether it is testing uh like avion uh invasions his website testing like a call to action and maybe changing up his headline either. It says you are on his website. It says you are alive. You are beautiful. You are not alone. That doesn't tell me who they are, what they do, who it's for. And I know it's not, you're not writing the same kind of headlines and call to actions on a musician site as you would on a, on a business site, but you could still do something to make a little clear what it is and what they should be doing next. So, uh, so those are the things I would test is like the, th- cause most people and you, you can, check this on hot jars. Like most people, uh, when they reach your site, they're a lot of people bounce. Like your bounce rate is usually 50% or more, which means they go to your site and they leave without taking an action. And that's usually because you have a really bad copy on your site, the higher that rate is. And there's some other variations I'm not going to get into, but I would bet that we could probably make his site more effective for getting his Patreon subscribers and more people to his Twitch channel, more people on his mailing list. If you did some basic split tests and I would change copy first designs. Great. I would work on copy first and big changes new headline, make the logo smaller, focus on the big words and the calls to action that gets them deeper into his life and his funnel. That's how I would do it. And I would test which one's the most effective at that. Yeah, this was exactly where I was going to is the big changes. You really want to split test major changes because that's how you could really tell, okay, this actually did something here. Okay, let's let's start transitioning to this part of the page. Now let's do another big test and maybe keep some, some things. And so one thing, some of the things you can do, obviously copywriting, like headlines and stuff, but sometimes the page layout. So sometimes you might have all of your like headline and buttons on left aligned and you might have an image on the right side. Sometimes switching those around can change conversion rates. Sometimes stacking things on top of each other where the whole page is centered. Sometimes a different background image can affect how people can, whether it's readable or not. I see that all the time where people put dark text over dark background and it's impossible to read or light text over light background. So all these things can affect conversion rates and testing it is all, cause and here's another big danger is like, I have a giant monitor in my studio right now or like a, a screen. And so when I'm designing websites on here, sometimes it looks different when you get to a smaller screen. So if you think your text goes on a background on a certain point, maybe you have a dark spot that doesn't show up on your screen. Like you have a dark text on a light background, but there's one dark spot in the background photo that on all 15 inch laptops, it's on that dark spot and you can't read the headlines. That's where split testing. If you don't have a small computer to test it on and and you don't resize your window, that's where split testing you'll ultimately see, holy shit, this, this background image tanked my conversion rates. I wonder why that is. You might dig into it more or you might not, you might not care enough. You just know it, it hurts your conversion rates. So you're just going to switch the background image and you're good to go. So sometimes these things are only found by split testing because you just don't know what you don't know. 
Yeah, I have a 34 inch monitor and I used to design my website on it. And now I don't because of that very issue. I've got a smaller 27 inch or I think it's like 25 inch monitor that I do all my website design on because generally most monitors are around like 24 to 27 inches, I think almost a high majority of them. So, and then so many people are on uh, laptops a, with like 13 inch screens and 15 yeah. inch screens that you have to really account screens. for those. Yeah. So my wife has a 13 inch laptop. I have two 15 inch laptops and I have my big 27 inch in my studio. And that gives me a good example of like all three. Now you can also just resize the window on this big screen and it'll yeah. do the same thing for the most part. But, and then, and then mobile God, don't even get mobile. Me mobile. I mean, yeah, <laughs> mobile is the most, yeah, you should be, optimizing everything for mobile over browser hands down across the board fuck like fuck just a monitor you really want to be focusing on that mobile optimization yeah i'm about to look up some some wonderful stats for you right this second um the the mobile thing is it's so funny i never you can i've actually even seen my analytics from just i started my business in 2018 and just the analytics from 2018 to now have increased by probably five to 10 points going to mobile. That's just within the past few years. And it, you've been seeing that trend happen, though, since like 2012, 2011, really everything pushing towards mobile. I, it, I think I'm, almost all of my traffic is now coming through mobile. I would argue it's probably well over 50%, maybe 60% is straight up mobile. So if you're not mobile optimized, you are there's so many points that you're being destroyed, especially when you want to talk about SEO and Google, and especially with Google's new core web vitals, which getting into some real nerdy <laughs> stuff here. Um, a lot of that has to do with optimization with mobile, making sure that it loads properly on every single device and the page speed, including that loads quickly as well, um, which I'll, I can leave some documents on core web vitals if some nerds in here want to dig cares, into dude. that. Nobody cares. Um, what i will say is i'm looking at my website stats and i've got you know over a million page views almost two million page views at six figure studio um we have a total page views of seven thousand on easy funnels because we just launched this past month and then uh we have about 1.2 million on filepass.com and i'll tell you right now when you look at the actual like mobile of this let me actually pull this up and i'll tell you what our with millions and millions of page views at stake what is our mobile uh, our mobile percentage on this site. You have to, you have to cut some silence out because I'm even, I don't even know where to find this anymore. <laughs> oh no, you're all good, man. But the, but yeah, the, the mobile stuff, I think I had, Here it is. I got it. I got it. So, uh, file pass with 1.2 million, uh, 71% of those Jesus, people yeah. are on, uh, are on mobile, uh, so easy funnels. This is my smaller one. So this really doesn't even matter. What was nice about Easy Funnels was I got done designing everything and then I went, oh shit, mobile. mobile it's yeah. all, that always happens. I always de- design everything. I go, this looks fucking great on my, on my monitor. And then I go, fuck me, mobile. <laughs> oh no. And I look. And most of like what was nice was Easy Funnels optimized it almost immediately fairly well. There was some issues with my, with my homepage, but like in terms of the blog stuff, it like it, it almost immediately optimized it. I didn't ha- I don't think I had to really do much with my the the individual blogs. It was just automatically 
optimized to a perfect. It, just, it looked fucking great. So Easy so, Funnels mobile site is fifty two percent, and then Six Figure Home Studio, our mobile site or mobile version, is sixty one percent of our traffic. So all three businesses, FilePass even more so, but all three businesses, our website traffic is the vast is more than majority is the majority of our website traffic. So that's why you want to talk about conversion, man. Split testing things with mobile in mind is something that people don't think about is, is making sure like when you make changes, sometimes when you make changes on desktop thinking everyone's going to look at this, but the majority of people are looking at it on mobile. You're not thinking through how that change affects mobile. Does it change? Does it affect it at all? Does it affect it the most? Is it doing something you didn't really understand? Like people don't, yeah, you get to pay attention a lot to mobile when it comes to website uh, conversion rate optimization, which is the nerdiest thing in the world, but it is necessary. Now here's the, here's the, here's the pushback here is like, Again, there's 80-20 principle, and I want to make sure people understand this. We talked about 80%. 20% of what you do to your website is going to affect 80%, is going to have 80% of the changes. So what that means, and this is good news, what that means is if you are just a musician, you're a creative, you don't want to do all of these nerdy technical things, you don't want to have to split test your page, you don't want to have to worry about copywriting, well, you're, you're going to have to be a big boy, big girl, you're going to have to learn these things, and you're going to have to be a business owner, you're going to have to learn to an extent of these things. But what the good thing is, you don't have to sit here like in a laboratory and just methodically analytically do all these things. You could just have a test running and every month you check it and just see which one did better and then go with the one that did that and then find another test for the next month and just do this once a month on your website and just improve over time. It's not hard to do and, and you don't have to like, this doesn't have to be your all consuming thing. The good thing about a website and the good thing about easy funnels, it, it, now that I'm doing uh, like getting this up and, and running as far as like customer support and seeing how people react is, is they're very active for like the first week. They get their site done. And then we never really hear from them again because they know how to use it and their website's done and they can move on with their lives other than the occasional split test. So this is not like it's something that's going to consume your life forever. It's worth spending a week of your time just getting it right the first time and then having a test running where you just go check it every now and again. Even if you came back in six months, nothing's going to be broken if you take six months to, to, to look at a test and see which one was better. It just means you have more data and you make a more, a more informed decision. So yeah, it's worth also talking about statistical significance. Do you want to talk about that, Christian? Yes. Okay, yes, go yes, for yes, it. Yes, 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 yes. Try to be less I hope I'm not it. taking up too much of your time, by the way, but I love this what shit. time is it? Yeah, I got a haircut to get to, man. Get, get on with it, sir. God damn. <laughs> well, if anyone that doesn't want to, I'm, I'm, I'll announce this. I'm slowly getting things in the work currently, but I've, uh, I'm starting a marketing business. I'm focusing more on music studios, but I'm very curious about bringing on actual EDM producers. This is, you want to talk about people who need help with marketing studios usually have no idea what they're doing. So, um, part of that, <laughs> so we have success with a six figure MCO podcast because ex- a lot of people exactly. need help. Yeah. But part of that is going to be website design. So, I'm actually really curious about bringing on some EDM producers as clients, but I'm, I just, I think I just came up with a brand name, the good music marketer. Um, so I, I've got to, I've got to dial things in with that. I'll let everyone know once it's actually launched and if anyone wants to bring, come on as a client, but Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, dude. This was a really, really, really awesome conversation. Please plug away everything you've got and everything you talk about too, I'll have in the show notes at nbsaudio.com slash episode 51. Yeah, I'm going to make this as easy as humanly possible because I've, I've been a, uh, a podcast listener where they're like, go check out this and then go check out that and then go check out this. This is a good lesson for anyone listening right now. The power of simplicity, one single call to action. If you want to learn about anything we've talked about or 
a few other things on top of that, just go to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash EDM. That's it. And I'll have everything there. That'll be- Look at that. And so I will, I will talk about these things that will be there. One is Easy Funnels, which is a website creator for the audio industry. And there's a lot of things that we talked, we, we talked about it all day today. So I'm not gonna I'm not talk about that. The other thing is filepass.com. And we're about to launch an embeddable audio player that is lossless. It'll, you can actually stream wave files. It's the full track. You can change colors and do light mode or dark mode and embed it in any website builder, not just Easy Funnels, it's any website builder that you already have. So this is great for musicians who don't want that shitty Spotify playlist on their page that only allows 30 second clips and then ultimately gets them to open the app. Oh man, here's the biggest thing is when you're playing stuff on Spotify on your desktop, on the embed, it constantly pops up, open in the app, open in the app, which gets people off your website. So that's something we're about to launch, but it's also an audio collaboration tool. So if you ever work with studios, make them use FilePass so that it's easier to, uh, to collaborate on like, hey, change the volume here, turn the vocals up here. You can put timestamp comments. It's a whole thing. I'll put that link on that page as well. And then also, if you are a producer, I have a whole webinar where we talk about finding leads, doing sales processes, positioning your studio. Like it's a lot of things that you need to know. That's kind of, we really talked about one narrow thing in this episode today, which is websites, but there's a whole lot more that comes to that stuff. So that webinar will be linked on that page as well. That's just six figure, the six figure home studio.com slash EDM. So no matter what you, whether you type it out or spell it out or put the letter or the words, whatever, it should forward to that page because I have every variation of the sixfigurehomestudio.com purchased and forwarding to that site. So that's my single call to action to you. Go to that site, check out those things. And uh, there might be a couple bonuses there too, depending on when this episode goes live. Yeah, I think it's, let's see what's today. It'll be coming out next week on the 16th. Okay. Friday the 16th. Well, I might have the Easy Funnels website challenge done and ready for registration by then. So that'll be on that page as well. But that's essentially where I'll walk you through three days, three videos, some live stuff to help you get your, your website up and running in three days. That's the goal. So, and I'll, I'll update if I'll, I'll, I see you pretty much every single week. So, um, whenever that is live, if the episode's already out and it hasn't been, I'll update the website link as well. Uh, for the show notes, but everyone like I cannot suggest Brian's products more. I, it's every product you make, you make it really with the mind of us as audio professionals and uh, everything you've made has significant. I mean, I, this podcast would not be here if it were not for the six figure home studio podcast. I wouldn't I wouldn't know the things I know. I wouldn't have envious audio. I wouldn't have met Chris. I wouldn't have coached with Chris. Chris wouldn't have come up with this podcast. So everything is because of the Six Figure Home Studio podcast. And I thank you so much for that. I appreciate you coming on, man. Dude, I, I was glad to be here, man. A lot of fun. And I love talking about this stuff. So thanks. <laughs> All right. Take care, dude. See ya. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Brian Hood. That was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. I know for a fact he does have the Easy Funnels Challenge set up now. So if you guys want to learn how to develop a really high converting website, uh, you guys can go register for that as well. So head to enviousaudio.com slash episode 51, or we'll break Brian's rule right now. Head to the six figure home studio podcast.com slash EDM. You should have the links there. Um, otherwise I will have the links on the show notes page. So go check that out. Start designing your website. I know I am joining that workshop that little uh challenge as well to start designing the website for my next business the good music marker so check it out and i'll see you guys in just a couple weeks